everything is possible in your life when you believe. When you believe, everything is possible. You have a two hands. What up, what up? It's your boy Vigo Sachi. This is The Investor Show, and you're checking in with the investor genius, Prince Dykes. Let's get it. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and children of all ages, you're now tuned in to The Investor Show. As always, this is your gracious host, the Prince of Investing, Prince Dykes, coming to you guys and girls live all the way from the beautiful state of Denver, Colorado. As I promised you, we got an exclusive today. We've seen the stock market go down. The lowest we have ever seen. We have never seen it go this low. Um, not this low, but we haven't seen a, a downturn economy like this in a while, right? So, hey, how you doing there, uh, Andrew Reed? And as you guys are coming in live, drop some, tell me where you're from, where you're tuning in. I have a very, very special guest to y'all today. We're coming all the way live from Wall Street, right? We're going to bring in a very special guest. So I want everybody to say, uh, Hey, how you doing? We're going to talk live from Wall Street. We're going to get exactly what happened today. We got uh, our veteran and friend of the show, Mr. James Fortland. He's going to come in from Wall Street. He's on Wall Street right now. Uh, he's a Wall Street vet for people who don't know. 40 years, he's been all over Wall Street. He does tours on Wall Street. You know, I met him on Wall Street. So uh, we're going to talk some good stuff. So here we go, guys. Without further ado, let me bring in my guest today, Mr. James Fortland. Hey, everybody. Hey, can you, can you hear me? I can hear you loud and clear. Got it, got it, got it. Uh, all you guys and girls that are coming in live, tell me where you're from. And um, tell me where you're from. Okay, we got Dallas, Texas in the building. We got Houston, Texas in the building, right? Uh, we got Milwaukee, Wisconsin in the building that's live today. So we have people that are live. James, can you show everybody where you're from, right, where you're at right now? I am I am right on the corner of Broad and Wall, right diagonally across the street from the New York Stock Exchange. Let me give you a shot. There we go. He's right there on Wall Street right now. Uh, we got North Carolina. So, James, let's let's go down the line here from our live audience. You know, they uh, we have All right. the building. We got Houston, Texas. Uh, Deep Brooks said hit the like button is free. Cool. St. Louis is in the building. Milwaukee, Wisconsin is in the building. Atlanta is in the building. Detroit is in the building. Uh, wow. North Carolina is in the building. Alabama is in the building. So we have a nice attentive audience is live, and everybody's going to catch some uh, playback. So, Jane, let's get straight to it. 1,800 people right. today, and we're seeing a um, – we got an 1800 point drop today and we're in trading was halted today. What is going on out there on Wall Street? Well, first of all, for a lot of people who are new to the business and, and I'm not a big fan of circuit breakers, but uh, a 7% drop in the S&P will trigger circuit breakers to go off and the market will take a 15 minute pause. So everybody can go out and get coffee, have a sandwich, eat a donut, relax a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, this morning it kicked it off because we had a big drop down. Um, I'd rather see it get flushed out. Like this is part of what I would call the coronavirus hysteria. Uh, that is a sort of a media driven event right now. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, we had some issues with oil uh, this morning. 
because uh, basically there's a fear that dropping oil prices are going to put a lot of the fracking companies out of business, uh, which has been a huge economic engine for certain parts of the U.S. Okay. Now, with that, so you're pretty much saying that if the market drops more than 7% in a trading day, they just automatically halt trading, right? Yes. And so everybody has to stop. So when everybody stopped, everybody took a break. Is the market open back now? Yes, the market reopens. Um, this was done after uh, the 1987 crash mm -hmm. uh, because the market just ran away from everybody for about two weeks uh, and went totally crazy. And actually, the whole system, the pricing and everything broke down. Mm -hmm. uh, and it was somewhat catastrophic. Um, but I was, as I was telling you before the call started, within six months, we were at new highs already again. Wow. And I look at this, well, I think, you know, uh, short term, this is a little rocky. And I know a lot of people are probably staying home crying today at they're looking at their portfolios. But in the long run, if you have available cash that you can afford to invest for a longer time, you're going to be very sorry in five years that you weren't buying in during this sell-off. Uh, it, it may go lower. It may go a lot lower for the next couple of weeks. It may not. It may, today, who knows, today, might, today or tomorrow might be the end of it. Um, and it doesn't mean it's immediately going to go right back up. But these are the times when particularly long-term investors need to dig in. Everything is on sale. Um, I don't, unlike say 2008, when you had a sell-off, I don't perceive we're really going into a big recession, maybe a slight slowdown. I think we're going to decouple from China a lot faster than you think. So this interference in the supply chain, which is what everybody's worried about. If a factory closes in China, what's the, what's the echoing negative economic impact? And I, and I think in the long run, we're going to, this is going to speed up the decoupling from China that really president Trump already started anyway. Um, the oil thing is a whole nother story. Uh, generally lower oil energy prices like spring economic activity are positive. Mm -hmm. The problem for this is a lot of these smaller fracking companies are borrowing lots of money. And if oil is not a certain price, they can't make any money by fracking. And this sort of puts them out of the game. And a lot of them are tiny. Although I think once again, you'll probably have a lot of consolidation in, the, in that industry. That's what you, that's what happened the last time something like this happened. Okay. You had a lot of companies buying now, each other. So thing, I'm I'm more optimistic. Like I'm a I'm a big optimist here. Okay, so uh, we got JW Bull said he picked up a couple of shares of VAL. It was three dollars and twenty cent on Friday. He got it for a dollar thirty, a third of Ooh. original cost. It will bounce All back. Right. I will be happy. So that's what JW Paul. So now for the people out there who want to write in live questions right now, while we while we have James on right now, you can put up live questions. I will put up I will air your live question. You can ask questions for James if you have them while we're going through the live broadcast. The people who are catching the playback, hey, I'm sorry. But now, James, you you know, you've been around Wall Street for a long time. You was there during 87. You was there during 2000. Yes. You was there during yes. 2008, right? You've seen plenty of market crashes. You've seen plenty of booms and busts. How do you compare this uh, hysterical that we have going on right now that we're almost close to a recession? What do you feel about that? Well, I, I mean, first of all, you have to you have to divide up a, a, a market correction um, doesn't automatically mean we're going to have a recession. I mean, for example, in 87, one of the reasons we bounced back so fast is we had such a strong economy. It was it was revving. 
there were some other there were some other issues like junk bonds and things like that that were issues um but the economy itself was booming and i i believe that right now we're sort of in a similar situation where the economy is still very strong the overall economy mm -hmm. um and well there's there's certainly been an impact like say on tourism and a lot of stuff from the coronavirus sort of scare what i call it um the ugly reality about the coronavirus is it's really about it's on the same level of danger as the flu the same kind of people need to take care of themselves a wood against the flu mm -hmm. um i think too many people have watched too many of these like zombie apocalypse movies or these plague movies on sci-fi television. This is not like the bubonic plague. If you get coronavirus, you're not automatically going to die. It's like, it's, it's just, and the market is trading right now like that's the case. The other thing that's really important is this is a, a black swan event. This is an atypical event that no one foresee, mm -hmm. foresaw, foresaw, and now we're being hit by it. And because of so much trading nowadays is done with these mathematical algorithms, the, this wasn't factored into any of the algorithms. Mm. So as the stocks go down, it immediately sells. Even though the recovery, even the people who get coronavirus, the recovery level is very significant. I mean, it's, 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 it's just the, 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 the craziness that's the media is hyping this thing like, you know, you would think that, like I said, like, like it's the bubonic plague and it's not, it's nothing like something like that. Okay. So now, James, I would say that, we got, I, go ahead. Second, James, we got a question here that came in. It says, can you see the questions on the screen there, James? James, can you see it? I can, but with my glasses on, it's hard to read. Uh, what long-term stock should I look to get ASAP? Oh, I like, I like, oh, you, you got a very, you have a very bullish, I see people, you know what it is? You see opportunity. Mm -hmm. All right. I am not uh, a fan of willy-nilly recommending stocks to people uh, just because I don't know what your personal position is and it's, it's hard for me to tell from a question. Um, but I would look at any of those, I would look either, you do one of two things, either look for the really good quality stocks that mm -hmm. you feel you missed the boat with, um, uh, or you can look at value stocks that might be down and are much less volatile uh, or like a value, some kind of play, like for example, General Electric is almost back to where it was a year ago. And a stock like that, given all the things that are going on in the company, I would say it's, it's you know, it's a relative bargain. Now it's not for everybody because it's a slow mover and it's not gonna jump up 20 points in two days. If you're one of those people who likes the, who likes the game and can handle the, the pressure, I would look at those really volatile stocks like those big tech stocks that are bouncing all over the place. And when they tank, you buy them and then even trade the bounces if you really wanna be aggressive. Those, you know, whether it's um, uh, Tesla or all those Amazon or Apple or any of those big tech stocks, um, I might wanna, I, I, I might, be a little careful with Apple, but mm -hmm. other than that, I think I think a lot of them, um, you know, are very tradable. The, that, mind you, they're going to make you crazy. You're going to get seasick because they're going to be super volatile. And I and and who knows, you know, you buy a stock like Amazon, it could drop a hundred points and then drop another. You know, it could drop even a lot more. So this is this is the. You know, you have to weigh out your person. I know I, I sound like I'm skirting the question, mm -hmm. but it, it a lot has to do with your personal financial position okay. and what kind of investment goals you have and what your investment time horizon is. Okay. My take is that I look at it and say like companies like uh, Apple, uh, Microsoft, the Googles, the Amazons, those are the big tech guys uh, that uh, 
that you've been watching go up to two thousand dollars and that you couldn't get into that you felt you missed the, right. the boat on that are now moving back into your buy zone so yes all right that's one question we got another question for you he said okay he wrote okay thanks right we got another, <laughs> we got another question what do you feel about ford coming from Eastside wood 29 Ford's an interesting story. Um, I don't, I'm not really, I don't really follow auto stocks for quite a long time. I don't really pay much attention to them. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I would say with lower gas prices in the past, that's been really helpful for auto companies. Also lower interest rates help for all the automobile financing. So those things could be positive. A big giant, that's kind of one of the stocks, like when I mentioned GE, these are like Ford is something that like maybe you you get like a bargain from its normal trading range. And this is a time to take advantage of a stock like that. Um, I'm, I'm not that familiar with it, so I don't feel comfortable saying, yeah, go out and buy it or, or it's good or bad. But I but it's it's a big, solid, you know, company. And you want to use these big dips like this to put quality in your portfolio. I wouldn't, I would be real careful about buying the junk stuff. I would, I would, like you were saying, I would look to buy Microsoft. I would look to buy Amazon. I would look to buy, you know, I'm buying General Electric because I, it's like a weird story and it's not that volatile and I don't have to pay that much attention to it. And mm -hmm. it's relatively cheap. Um, so it's just one of these little games. Um, it's like a story, what we used to call a story stock. It has a story and I think it's an interesting story. I don't know what the story is with Ford. I don't know how all these hybrid engines will be impacted by lower oil prices. Mm -hmm. It may be bad for them. It may not make any difference. Okay. You all know? right. So we got another question coming in. Coming in and said, uh, Andrew said uh, Ford pays dividends. The next question, Max B. What's yes. going on, Max B? He said, could this be the start of the crash? You're right there on Wall Street, James. Could this, you've seen plenty of crashes. You've seen plenty of <laughs> buses. You've seen plenty of things happen. You, you've seen a lot over the last, before I was even born. So could this be the start of the crash? It, it, it it's it's already kind of taken too long it's too many days to be a i i mean already it's a major sell-off i'm not going to deny that but i but i think that given how strong the economy is right now how low interest rates are with favorable tax policy that's probably even going to get more favorable um i i just don't see a lot of you know like like we used to say you can't fall off the floor and while we may not be at the floor yet, we're pretty close. Like this just seems to be an over, an extreme overreaction unless you really believe the coronavirus is like the bubonic plague and it's basically going to shut down the whole world's economy, which I don't buy at all, particularly in the U.S. I don't think it's going to, you know, you cannot compare the U.S.'s response to a to a third world country's response. And James, it's what do you a have to huge say, difference. What do you have to say that people who say that the uh... – the coronavirus is affecting the supply chains for U.S. companies. Like, you know, you're seeing companies like uh, airlines are going down, cruise ships yes. are going down, the companies like Apple, all our manufacturing is done out of China, all of this slowdown. What do you think about it? What do you got to say about that? Would that affect the U.S. economy and take us into a crash? Well, it definitely, it definitely, I think that's why the, that's one of the, the sort of drivers with the market. But I feel that the trade deal with China has been the beginning of President Trump's what I call decoupling from China. So China has been sort of the workshop of the world for a while. Mm -hmm. And President Trump, through changes in both tax policy and trade policy, is changing that, that, that whole scenario. 
I think it's already started to happen. I think this is going to speed it up because you know what? Apple's not just going to sit around and go, oh, no, we can't make things in China. We're just going to close all our stores and we're going to wait till things to get better. Apple is already... Foxconn already announced they're building some huge factory already, I think in Indiana or something. There's a lot going on. These things, the turnaround on these things, particularly in the high-tech area, is a lot faster than you might think. So it's not like Henry Ford's era where it might take a year to build a new factory. They're going to get these things online really quickly. Uh, the same even with with drugs, like a lot of... I'm going to cut you out there, but what do you got to say to the people that say, hey, we've been in a bull market for the last decade. We're due for a recession. We're due for a crash. I mean, what do you have to say to people who are saying that? Well, I think we had for about eight years or so after 2008, we had kind of what I would call the walking dead economy. We had a very low growth, uh, no job growth, uh, compression of incomes, decline of standard of living, uh, economy that was kind of flooded with cat like the Federal Reserve was basically printing money hmm. um, We've entered a new era where now like in my mind a real bull market actually started So I don't look at the bull market starting in 2008 um, I look at it starting like really in 2016 for one Second of all when you start to look at the change in tax policy and earnings growth rate um, you have to reassess all the valuations and I think you have to look at, well, it changes not linear. Um, there's a lot of changes going on. A lot, I, I can tell you, besides doing this, I run some small businesses. And one of them, business is up 40% a year, year over year now, since 2016. Mm. And that's huge. Like, it's huge. And it's, it's so busy that I'm almost thinking of paring down other stuff I do because I need more time to run this business. Okay. And it, and I think that shows you how strongly, I mean, for example, look behind me mm -hmm. in the middle of the coronavirus scare, when tourism is supposed to be dampened in the middle of March, when New York is generally not that warm, although today is a nice warm day. That's another, that's another issue I want to get to in a minute. Look how many people are all the tourists out on wall street. Wow. I mean, the city is still teeming with tourists. Okay. So, yeah, maybe it's 10% less, but it's still a huge amount of tourists. All right. And um, the other thing that a lot of people don't realize with viruses and viral stuff, and I got this from the CDC because I get all their emails since this happened, is that um, warm weather, just like why do we get flu? We mostly get colds in the winter because that cold, dry air breathes. It transfers the viruses easier hotter air it doesn't work and guess what we're going into spring mm. so we're already going into a time where we may we're just naturally the spread of that virus is going to automatically slow down okay now I got and, and i you, and i also go ahead we got some more questions for you coming in good um tactical headlamp with a strap <laughs> uh is new to the discussion what do they think you what do you think about the etfs like spider oh i like I like, I think they're a great way to invest. If you got the money, it's a great way. If you're just a market tracker, um, I am, I'm generally old fashioned. So I still use the Dow and well, most, I would say 99.9% .9 of all money managers all use the S and P 500. I use the Dow because for some weird, crazy reason, it seems to be a, at least the way I look at the market, it's a much better predictor. Um, 
and probably because everybody else looks at the S&P 500. So it, it's probably a better predictor just because less people look at it. Um, I've been told that the Dow is an old-fashioned and extinct way to read the market since, oh, since CNBC came on TV. So that's probably what? Uh, the 1990s. So they've been, they had all these guys on there who told you nobody looks at the Dow anymore. It's for old fogies and Dow theory is stupid. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't reflect the economy, blah, blah, blah. Um, so with the Dow, you could use the diamonds. Uh, NASDAQ, you could use the QQQs. Uh, S&P uses spiders. Um, I think those are great ways to trade. Also, if you like things like gold uh, or other industries, you can trade a either trade an index or trade some kind of uh, exchange-traded fund uh, that might reflect that industry. I think that's a great ways for smaller investors and anybody who just doesn't want to sit there 24 hours a day and you know, pick stocks. It's, 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 a, it's grueling, unlike the TV commercials where people are trading on the golf course. I don't recommend it. It's not, it's, you know. Okay. Now, the next portion we got, somebody wrote, say, we need to, we need put options. Okay, maybe. You could do that. Or, or if you already bought, what you could do is you write covered calls against the stocks you own, mm -hmm. uh, which is kind of like a covered short. And if the stock sells off more, you buy the call back at a much lower price. So you make kind of money, you hold the stock, and when the market bounces, you're still in the stock. Yeah. And that's why I like, I like doing those covered calls like that. I, for years, I've done them both for income, which somebody mentioned about Ford pays dividends. Mm -hmm. um, I want to mention, that's another thing. When you see these stocks that go down, if you buy them, the effective yield on the dividend is much higher because the stock is down. That's another way to look at this as an opportunity to catch, capture much higher yields. Okay. You know, what do you get in your savings account right now? Okay, great. We got another question. Would you buy, would you, D. Brooks said, would you buy all the stocks you can afford right now? Afford is, a, is, a, is, the, is, the, is the word, is the sketchy word that I worry about. I'll tell you what I've been doing. Um, I have been taking extra, extra money. That's the magic word. And virtually since the fourth day of the sell-off, I have bought on the close every single day. Now, I'm sort of to the point after today where I'm going to have to decide either I'm going to have to find some more money, some available funds somewhere. Mm -hmm. I'm going to have to squeeze. I'm going to have to shake that money tree that I just planted in my backyard a long time ago and see if I can get. It's a little early in the season, but I might be able to shake that money tree. I'm going to have to either figure out or I'm going to have to be satisfied. Um, I would allocate my money. I think if you're not going to allocate a big sell off like this, this is you're never going to do it. Mm -hmm. And. And yes, it could get a lot lower. Yes, I don't deny it. But it's already a lot lower than it was, what, a week ago. Mm -hmm. So you're already, I think, buying into a pretty – like I said, unless, unless the, more, the economy suddenly shows that it's collapsing, which, I, like I said, if you just look down here, it's even more crowded now than it was when we first started the call. Wow. There's even more now, people here. Now, I want See to people are saying what he, where he's at right now, he's live on Wall Street. That's the New York Stock Exchange right behind him on the right-hand side. That's actually where I met him <laughs> many, many right. years ago. He's right there on New York, uh, Wall Street. He's been on Wall Street for 40 years, a long time, doing tours on Wall Street, educating people on the financial crisis tours, giving tours and things like that or whatnot, and being a stockbroker for a very long time. So he's giving us his insight. If you got questions, I will bring them up if you're live. And we're talking about today uh, the 1,800-point drop before trading was halted due to the coronavirus and the oil. Now, the next thing I wanted to say, um, somebody said, I would love 
and AM. I don't know what that means there, the E-Man 45. But I think he's buying. Okay. <laughs> I think he's buying. But I think now, he's buying, yeah. What do you think about oil? Oh, I think it's, you know, I, I was always a big fan of fracking. I think a lot of the the sort of, again, the media hysteria against fracking was really, it's really silly. Um, and I think that uh, uh, the thing is, I can see there's an issue because under a certain price, it doesn't pay to frack. And what does that leave you? That leaves you um, Saudi Arabia um, and a few, Prudhoe Bay up in Alaska, a few other places, and I'm sure uh, in Russia, where you can produce oil probably cheaper and still make money. Um, in the long run, I would say that those companies, there's again, a lot of them pay dividends, the bigger ones. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them have been selling at some big lows anyway recently. Um, it might be an opportunity. The only thing I would caution you is it might take a while for them to resurrect themselves. But from a value standpoint, I, I mean, even if we use a lot more solar energy, a lot more wind, a lot more everything, um, oil and natural gas are still going to be the key to everything for a long, as long as most of us are ever going to be around to even know that. Mm. So um, I, I just think in the long run, you might see some value in a lot of those areas. Again, I haven't looked at many of those stocks in a long time. I know I do personally, I can tell you, I own some Exxon and I also have Royal Dutch Shell from like a million years ago, practically from the, I think the dinosaurs were still in when I bought Royal Dutch Shell. So it's, uh, um, but it, it, you know, that, it, they're they're huge multinational corporations. Okay. So of course, the E Man Forty Five said, "What about gold? Is it a good time to buy gold or to wait?" The problem I have with gold is I think it made a lot of a move already. I would be really careful because gold is a fickle uh, commodity. Hold on, let me, let me get out of the way here. I have some I have some I have some guests here trying to climb over me. Um, <laughs> gold is very fickle. Mm -hmm. You know, this is what happens when you're in a public space. you got to share the space. Yep. Um, gold is a very fickle commodity, so it's very volatile. And if you – if probably you should have bought it like before the sell-off, not during the sell-off. Mm. Um, but if, if this is going to be prolonged, it may rally a lot. I just – without a lot of inflation in the long run, except for like a trading bounce, in the long run, I'm not a big fan right now unless some huge inflation comes back. Or um, yeah, I, I would say that would be the key. Unless we, unless we're perceiving some big inflationary bloom to kind of come up, gold would be a great hedge against that, and you'd probably make quite a bit of money with it. Now, which one you like better, gold or oil? Oh, huh. Oil is uh, gold is a fun trade if you know what you're doing and you really watch it. You can trade it really fast. I would say right now, oil if you're buying it. Um, and we got to be close to the bottom. I, I would think we're relatively close to the bottom already because oil wasn't doing that well this year anyway. Um, I would say if you buy it for the in the long run, a lot of those oil companies that have those big dividends are probably going to would probably be really good deals presently. Now I haven't looked at any, so I'm kind of talking out of the area. I'm just I'm kind of strategy speculating more than really looking at those specific companies. Okay. Dare uh, Brooks said, "What about aluminum stocks?" Oh boy, um, I would be a little careful because, again, a lot of these natural resource companies are very China dependent, mm. and even though we might decouple from China, um, I would say stuff made in the U.S. is going to be made in a much more efficient way. 
uh, because efficiency is going to be much more demanded in order to stay competitive. Whereas China, you have a lot of people who are still working for very low wages. It, the demand is really to employ. The focus is employing lots of people at once. So I would say that a lot of those, I would be really careful about any natural resource stocks because that might that they may be very linked to whatever's going on in China um, in the very short term and in the intermediate term as well. Okay. Now, uh, Beef here, he makes a comment. He says, James and Prince, gold and oil. I put the ranch on oil. <laughs> oh, he put the ranch on. I like that. I like I like a man who's confident. Um, I, I mean, just, just don't borrow more money with the ranch. But if you already own it, you're okay. You might be okay. I would say, like, like I just think you're, you know, it's like, it's like, it's like every day I, I walk through Bloomingdale's and I see these beautiful Ralph Lauren shirts and they cost like $150. And I'm like, there's no way I'm buying a shirt for 150 bucks nowadays. <laughs> but guess what? About two weeks ago, they were on sale for 30 bucks and that shirt looked real good to me. So I bought a bunch of them <laughs> and it's the same shirt. And you know what? If you go back there today, it's a back, it's like 145 bucks or 150 bucks. It's back to the regular price. So I think a lot of these things, uh, if it's a quality stock and a quality company, you know, you're going to, within six months or so, you're going to see some, you're going to start to see returns. Okay. And you, you might see it a lot faster, which might be. I, I I just think there's something fishy with the whole, the way they sell off is going. Okay. B said, get the real estate, put the oil. It's so low. It's 2020 <laughs> oil B. All right. Yeah. So James he's, Bond, he's right. He's, he's definitely right. James Bond is now, it's now a good time <laughs> to dig into consumer discretionaries. You know, I guess like how retail or things like that. I well, I would be careful because everybody's spending all their money on toilet paper as far as I can see. <laughs> I mean, I, I want to tell you, I, li I live in New Jersey and people are out. People bought all the hand sanitizer from Costco. The whole place is, in fact, they closed the one of the stores because they ran out of everything. So, and this is New Jersey where there's a store on every street corner. So it's not like, it's not like there's not like a hundred grocery stores within, I would say less than two miles from where I live. So it, it's, 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 there seems to be this insanity. And I, I would look, if you're going to look in that vein, I would look for companies that make things that combat the virus, like Procter & Gamble makes a lot of products, like Clorox bleach, that the EPA claims kills the virus. So it's not Clorox saying it, it's the EPA. And um, yeah, that might, be, that might be a play, although those things might already be accelerated in price already. They might be way up already. I haven't really, I haven't looked at them. I've never been a big consumer. The consumer is too fickle, and particularly with discretionary income, what do you do whenever you're scared of things? You don't spend any money. You just wait. Okay. Next question. Will the U.S. virus bring a motive for U.S. companies to come back home? That's yes. That's, that's the decoupling thing I'm talking about. I think, I think you're going to see... Uh, the the age of china being the workshop of the world is it may be over for sure i mean it started to end with the trade deal and with the tax changes in the us i think it's only going to it's only going to get more so okay. i think it's going to get more so so definitely um the the eman 45 why do you think there's you, something fishy about the sell off well because um if you look like i was saying earlier with the virus uh, the sell-off is acting. I'm trying not to fall down the stairs here. Sorry. Um, the sell-off is acting like people are acting like the coronavirus is like the bubonic plague. Like if you get it, you're immediately going to die, or you're going to definitely die if you get. It. And it, it probably it's probably the death rates are going to run the same as the flu. 
And this year already, I think 1,200 people have died from the flu, but we're not all panicking about the flu. We're panicking about the 12 people or so in the U.S. that died from the coronavirus. And I, and I just think it's, um, I think it's like really overkill. I think people are taking like the worst case scenario and they're viewing that as that's the fact. Mm. And um, I don't, I don't, like you see, look at all the people here. If we're all worried about the coronavirus, what are all these people doing here? Shouldn't they be home hiding spring lights all over everything? <laughs> I want to tell you one thing. What, what scares me more about this thing is how many people have to be told to wash your hands. So apparently a lot of people were not washing their hands, which is more troubling to me than it is like anything. Um, I took a course many years ago, uh, right around the time I left Wall Street, um, I was doing some hotel consulting and the union sent in a guy to, and he told everybody, he was a doctor and he told everybody, if you work in this hotel, you should wash your hands at least eight times a day. I have done that for the last 10 years, and I don't think I've gotten a cold in 10 – like maybe once in a while I have bad days, but I don't think I've gotten a cold in 10 years. Okay. So uh, that's my best advice right now for everything. Just wash your hands a lot. Wash your, wash your hands and invest. With warm, soapy water. Yeah, yeah, buy socks. Okay. Just buy and go out and smoke a cigar and relax. And put your feet up and let all, watch all the people go crazy. Now, what about companies with a possible cure for the coronavirus? Ooh. Well, there's a couple of things going on. There's, there's two things to think about. First, there's treating people who are already sick. Those kind of things will come about faster. And then there's like a flu shot or something that might prevent it. That takes longer. Um, I'll tell you the truth. I've heard a lot of stuff like chatter. But right now, I wouldn't. I, that would be a place I would look. But then again, if this thing whole, it turns, if I turn out to be right in this whole thing is like media hysteria, you may, you may have the rug pulled out from you very quickly on something like that. Um, you might want to look at bigger, like some of those big biotechs like Biogen and things like that because they're always doing all kinds of stuff. Um, but I would be, I would, that's like a tricky, those trade really funny and you have to have a certain kind of personality to trade those stocks. They're very hot and cold. And generally, they don't do anything for long periods of time. They mm. rally like crazy if they find some kind of – they get yeah. approval for something. And then if something goes wrong, they get annihilated. So you got to kind of – a lot of those, it's like I call it the chicken and the egg investing. You buy one, you sit on it like a chicken on an egg. As soon as it hatches, you sell it, and that's it. Like that's how you do those. Those are – so that's a that's – a, I, I, I don't feel comfortable saying there's some stock out there that's on, on it. I'm not really sure right now. Okay, guys. And I also, like I said, I don't trust the hype. All right, guys and girls, this is going to be the last question. It's coming from Beef. He said, what about the halt that they had? Well, okay. Well, after 87, they put in circuit breakers. And if the market goes down a certain percentage, it automatically trading stops for a certain amount of time. That's, it's not a one-off thing. It's, it's the rules. Mm. It's like it's like if you buy a stock, you have to have money to pay for it. It's like it's like the rules how how trading goes. Why, why did they so, put that in place? Um, because eighty seven, we sold twenty five. We were down I, over twenty five percent, I believe, in the first day. Of, and and so, like I was telling you earlier, before we went on the air, if this was like eighty seven, when this started, we would have been down eight thousand points on the first day. Wow. So you see with 2,000 people are probably having a nervous breakdown. Imagine 8,000 in one day. And it followed up. We had day after – we had five days of – I would say about 10 days of total insanity. It was 
like pricing didn't even work. You couldn't even buy or sell things even if you wanted to. It was like wow. nuts. And you was around investing during that time. I was, yes. And what I did was I told everybody, no problem, we got it. And I didn't do anything. I played cards with my, my sales assistant. <laughs> and we just played, we played cards and we just yesed everybody. In those days, you didn't have the internet. So the only way you could sell it is through me. And I figured, let's just sit on this thing as long as possible. And hopefully the stocks will come back. Well, guess what? They did. Mm. And, um, oh, here we go. I had like a, a message came in the middle of my thing. So <laughs> one of the things that happened is everybody in the whole office quit and I was the only one left. So I got all the accounts. Got it. So this, this is this is a strategy, Prince, I want to tell you about. You know, on days like this, mm. you, what you should be doing is looking to buy other brokerages and money managers and financial advisors because they may go under or they may have trouble and you may be able to get all those customers. We got to keep that on the low, James. We can't put that Yeah, man. That was one of my lucky, stupid things. Like, Mr. didn't know what he's doing. And I'm like the only one left in the office because I was the only one who had no place to go. So I just stayed. Okay. And, and B I said, was, uh, he said, thanks, boss. And that's going to conclude today's episode. James, what you want to leave everybody out there with? Oh, first I want to say thank you. You guys, you Prince, you have a great audience. Your guys are great. I want to tell you. They ask good questions. They take chances. They learn. They listen. It's awesome. And for me, I just want to say, um, if you're ever in New York City, I run uh, Wall Street tours. One's called the Financial Crisis from 2008. So if you took that tour, you'd be well-versed on what's going on today. Um, and I also run a, right, I run a Wall Street Insider tour, which is quite good. And um, you know what? It's a great way to learn about Wall Street and learn the history and a lot of things like the circuit breakers, how trading works, why it works, all make a lot of sense if you do stuff, if you take those tours. So like, hey, look me up. And like, I have a Facebook page called Unofficial Wall Street. Say hello. And um, and I'm lucky because Prince asked me to come on every once in a while, usually when he can't find anybody else. But so he gets me like in a pinch. Right? <laughs> he also knows I can run down. Now I know Now he knows I can run down here with my and we can do this on my phone. So this is really cool. Oh, I yeah. think this opened a big can of worms here. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. And uh, what, uh, William Williams said, be prepared. Keep cash. on Yes. Standby. Yes, that is always wise. That is always wise. Again, that's why I don't like to recommend stuff because I don't know. I don't know what William Williams' financial thing is. I don't know how much money he has. I don't know how much money he makes. I don't know what his disposable, investable cash is available. So I don't know what his risk parameters are. So that's why I don't like just shooting out stocks and telling people to buy okay, stuff. I think that's. Will you get out of here? What are you buying today? Uh, well. I'm not going to lie. So I'm going to tell you the truth because I think it would be, um, I have been accumulating GE cause I like the story. It's mm. inexpensive. Um, and because it went back down again, I was trying to buy it at 825 and I haven't checked to see if the trades went off. Mm. But when the halt was on, I put in all these orders before I ran, I had a tour to do this morning and I put in a whole bunch of orders. I was almost late for the tour cause I was putting in orders and then I like, then I ran off. So we'll, I have to go check when I'll, I have to check my E-Trade account. So I'm like, Okay. Because of you, I opened an E-Trade account. You said you opened up an E-Trade account? Yeah, because, yeah, because they, they watch your show and you, you said how easy it is to open one. And you were right. It is easy. So, you know, you need to go so, to E-Trade. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, finally, you know. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Okay, guys, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and children of all ages, thank you guys for tuning in. I know uh, here on YouTube, it's, uh, well, we have a lot of people live. This is James giving us exclusive content straight from Wall Street. 
uh, 40-year Wall Street vet, uh, been on Wall Street for a long time. He's showing us footage right now live on Wall Street. What's going on? The halt, everything. You don't get any better than this. Uh, bring it to you live. But anyway, uh, James, thank you for coming on. Um, until the next video, podcast, cartoon, or whatever else you see me do, crazy around the globe. Peace, be safe. I'm out, and thank you.